Welcome to She's a 10 times 5. You got it. That's the big 5-0. Listen along as we try to figure out our what's next as we venture into this new age of reinvention. Through relatable topics, real-life stories, and inspiring guests, join us on our journey of growth and laughter. Hey, I'm Lori, former Army Airborne Captain, but don't let that fool you. I'm the loose cannon. And I'm Lisa, a girl's girl who loves sugar, but watch out for that spice. Let's do this. Hi, everyone. Welcome to She's a 10 times 5. I'm here with my partner in crime, Lori. How are you, babe? Hi, Lisa. How are you today? I'm good. Did you have a good weekend? I had a fabulous weekend. I had college tours. My last one. I have two in college and one that's going off next year, and I'm done with this. I don't want to do it anymore. No. So that when I'm, I mean the college crunch, not, yes. not my kid. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that's what I did this weekend. We have a fabulous guest today, but I kind of wanted to talk just a second about how fabulous was the Met Gala. Oh, my God. Those dresses were, uh, it was amazing. It's a show, as always. It's a show, and what was really cool, and our guests will relate to this because we're going to tee her up, she's the definition and epitome of fab, is we had an inside look behind the scenes from a previous guest, Lauren Glassberg, who was there on site covering it for ABC Eyewitness. So we got to see all the juicy little details behind the scenes. It was very cool. It was cool. Yes. Yes. It pays off to have a podcast and meet interesting people. Yes, it does. Yes. Okay. Let's keep this up. Let's go. Well, I mean, the thing I love about our podcast is we interview amazing people and women who hopefully inspire. And we hope our listeners walk away with an aha moment or they pull it at their heart or they have a good laugh. And today, okay, we have someone who's living a 10 life. And by the way, she is checking all those boxes. She checks all those and more. If there was a, she's a 10 times a hundred. Yeah. No. Yeah. Amazing. So without further ado, yes, I'm going to introduce it. this. And, and I have to start with this, Leah. Is yes. You and I have something in common. Okay. I can deal with a lot, but I can't <laughs> deal with stupid. pillow. One of our pillows. I know. I know. I'm, I'm getting my own pillow. So we have that in common. And I love that when I read that about you. So It's getting truer by the day, by the way. Right? Yes. Yes. Every yes. Day. We could go. Every that's day. that's like five podcasts right there. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Leah is a Texas native and a Miami, L.A. resident and a public figure, as if we don't know that. Right. She's a published author, mom, wife, huge philanthropist beauty and skincare businesswoman. Leah launched the Sudden Youth Skincare Facial in the 1980s. Did I just date you a little bit? That's okay. You've been going at it a long time, Mama. 95 looking 25 because of that Sudden Youth. (laughs) Yeah, second act. And more recently, and we're going to talk about this, developed the popular and best-selling Leah Black Beauty CBD Skincare Collection, which, Lisa, I know you are obsessed with. I'm a big fan, yes. Yes. Love it. Leah is an original cast member of Bravo TV's The Real Housewives of Miami, was featured on Bravo's Flipping Out with Jeff Lewis, which was amazing. Yeah. And is a regular guest on his Sirius XM show, Jeff Lewis Live. Leah, okay. We're just going to go on and on about this. I know. She she (laughs) has. Yeah. Yeah. I. 
Are we? I'm not worthy here. Okay. Um, <laughs> she penned the best-selling fiction novel *Red Carpets and White Lies*, which was inspired by her philanthropic experiences while raising millions of dollars for charity and at-risk youth, along with her celebrity friends, as the founder of the Consequences Charity and the Blacks Annual Gala. Yeah. To- I yeah. want to go to that gala. <laughs> yeah, we're we're getting on a flight. We're gonna go. Uh, today, Leah. Fo- yeah, yeah. Um, today, Leah focuses on her business and spends time with her husband Roy and son RJ. She hosts a weekly web series podcast, Lunch with Leah, which is Leah's take on all things happening in pop culture, current affairs, and politics. Welcome to the world of Leah Black. <laughs> Hi, Leah. Thank thank you for joining us today. We are so excited to talk to you. Thank Uh, you. Excited to hear it from you girls, too. Well, thank you. Your energy. I like your energy. Thank you. I've been a fan for a while. I've been listening. I, I actually discovered you on Jeff Lewis's Flipping Out, not on Miami Housewives. I think there was, Ah. I I was in the middle of mom life and somehow that particular one didn't make my, but I've been a fan ever since. Okay. So, thank you. Yes. Yes. Well, yes, yes. You really miss a whole lot. <laughs> no. Are you kidding? There's a lot of big fans. Yeah. So welcome to Studio 50. This is what we call it. Yes. And as Leah, nice. as Leah, as Lisa has said, a huge part of what we talk about with our guests is this idea that life should begin at 50 and not be the tale of the end. So that's well, qualified very soon. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're almost there. You're you're almost fifty. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost there. <laughs> yes. And one of the themes that has come out with all of our guests is this idea of constantly reinventing ourselves, constantly taking risks, putting ourselves out there, doing new things, and inspiring others to do the same. So I kind of wanted to start with your whole product line: being an entrepreneur, developing a business. A lot of women are intimidated by that. And you have done that for many, many years. But most recently, you pivoted and now you're doing it to the next level with this new skincare line. So tell us all about it. Tell us about your journey on that. Yeah. Well, I started out uh, working for a skincare company and I was driving 90% of sales. So I decided I'll just do my own uh, because I wanted to be bigger and better, you know? And so I teamed up with some chemists and we had a really good run of it for many, many years. We were all over the world, really. I did an infomercial in Baden-Baden with Joan Collins and I had, you know, an office in Switzerland and one in Toronto and in the Caribbean and Central and South America and all over the States. And when I decided to get married, I decided to just spin it off to several distributors and employees over the years and not work because at that time I was traveling a couple hundred thousand miles a year and not to mention I was wow. also doing it just yet. <laughs> you know, um, infomercials and, you know, it was just a lot. So I decided I was going to take a break because I just got married and uh, not do it for a while. And then, you know, a month or two into it, I got bored. So I started the charity. <laughs> I started putting all my marketing and uh, sales energy into raising money, um, you know, for at-risk kids. That's what happened. That's, that's awesome. I got back into it again later. And, it, and so this journey with your business took you to Miami, correct? You were in Texas and then you relocated because of your uh, footprint of your customer base and who your, your partnership? Yeah, I was originally I'm from Texas and I had an office in Dallas, Houston, San Antonio. And I also had 
traveled like everywhere, Longview, Tyler, Nacogdoches, Austin, and we were everywhere. And when I started selling to the Caribbean, I came to Miami. And then that's when I started exporting. And then I started, then I moved to Puerto Rico for four or five years and based out of there because the sales were just so huge. I, it was like my biggest market. So I based out of there and commuted. And then I had to get off the rock at one point and I went back to, uh, between Dallas and, and Miami. Gotcha. And I lived in Palm Beach for a while. Yeah. You've lived a really boring life. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it all happened so fast, and I worked so hard and so many hours a day that I didn't really appreciate it as much as I wished looking back that I had it taken more time to take it all in. You know, like there was just so much to take in. You know, you go when you go to Prague, for example, the guy that was running my warehouse there was one of the kids that started the overthrow of the government of Prague and oh, wow. all these experiences that at the time was like, okay, great. Now how many kids do we have to sell? You know, I didn't pay enough attention to really the world I was living in. It was in Dominican Republic. There was a ton of turmoil there that paid a lot of attention to. And, you know, I just wish I would have been more engaged in the real world and just so obsessed with building an empire that <laughs> I'm not, I don't know what to call it an empire, but, uh, but me, uh, but you know, I just, um, I just work. I'm like a work horse. I'm really not a show horse is that even though people probably think that I just show and tell, I really grind it out. Not yeah. always have. And don't you think that that's just, that's a common thing amongst our youth. I mean, when we were that young, we were, we were, our eye was on the prize. We weren't looking around. We were focused on building. And that's, that's the beauty of being at this stage of life is now we can look back and reflect and go, oh, I should have. the difference in the new generation because right. there's some of it. But when, when we were starting out, there was no choice. We just were grinding it out. Mm -hmm. And now there's kind of a luxury element to it. Well, you know, maybe I'll just do something more fun and less <laughs> intense. And people have that luxury that people like us didn't have. Hey, hey, we're in Amen. the thick of that. And I think you are with your son, RJ, too, where, you know, the discussions is, is it things don't happen easy. And I think what people of the Gen Zs and the millennials think that, wow, you know, it should happen quickly mm -hmm. and fast and easily. And that's so not the case. And also the priority is, you know, like they'd rather have an Instagram get a, a bunch of likes than, they would, you know, a business bringing in a bunch of money. Right. So the priorities and the values are changing and have changed. And I liked the old school myself, personally. I felt like it was more healthy environment for everybody. But, you know, listen, everything, the world moves on and We'll, we'll follow. Well, listen, we're following them now. I have an Instagram account. Who knew? I didn't even think. I didn't know what it was until I said, "Well, I'll start one." <laughs> <You know? laughs> we're now following them into the next generation. Yes, yeah. we are. Oh, well, yes. I can re totally relate to you because when I was in the military, I had the honor of going to Germany. So I was in Germany my whole six years, and got to go to Prague. Got to go to all these wonderful places, and the same. You know, looking back now, I wish I had really taken the time right. to right. enjoy those experiences versus try to work my way up the ladder, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. What, what years were you in the military? Uh, I graduated West Point in 1991. And then I was over in Germany until mid-1996. Wow. And then that's I decided to become wow. a Volter capitalist pig. So I moved to the, I moved to the Bay Area. One, that was a, a tremendous adventure for a woman. 
You know, not today, but not as much. But you really pioneered it. Well, good for you. Well, thank you. So let's go back to your skincare line because at our age, this is our calling card, our face, our skin. And we are constantly searching for that perfect thing that set, you know, at least sets back the aging or makes us feel better about how we look. So kind of tell us about what you have in in your line and, and how it works for women our age. Well, several years back, you heard the rumblings of CBD, which is, uh, you know, cannabis without the THC. And there were rumblings about all the things that it did internally and externally. And I do take the vitamins and I do do it internally, but that's not my role, my area. I don't, I'm not into to marketing that part of it. I just know that it works. But as they got it refined, where you could put it in a delivery system, I got on the bandwagon early, early on with a friend of mine that has built three huge major skincare and suntan type companies. And we kind of pioneered and engineered to where we could get it in a delivery system of skincare. So we were one of the first ones out with it. And well, I, I, I was, he doesn't do skincare. He does other, he does the internal versions of it. But, um, and so we put it in and, and the results were just, because what CBD does, it helps your own cells regenerate themselves, right? It's not like a, a band-aid. It actually has a cumulative ref- uh, effects. So we just put a basic line together because I already had the sudden youth lift mask, which I had sold all over the world, which tones firms lifts your skin and, and literally I know women that have used it for 25 years and they would go to their class reunions and people go oh my god you, you had to have a facelift I mean it really does lift tone and firm but that is lift toning and firming and there's a difference between that and topical I mean you can find women that have facelifts all day long and they still have ruddy skin so ours now became the topical version so we launched that and I had already done oh my god I'd done home shopping I had done infomercials I had done multi-level I had done direct sales I had done retail I had done it all and I was just, you know times have changed I'm too old I'm too tired I'm gonna try the internet so we put an online business on leahblack.com and it's done very very well and every month is better. The way I measure business is by the reorders from the customers. And if every month, not every month, but you know, you're going in a positive direction, your sales are building, your customer base is building, your testimonials. I post a testimonial once a week on Instagram, and these are all organic testimonials. So I go by the testimonials and the reorders. And I think if you focus on that and good customer service, the sales just take care of themselves. And so that's, I've just learned that over the years. And that's, that's what we've done. And that's what we do every day. <laughs> and I don't even know why. I think I just do it because it's just like, I like doing it. And I love helping women look their best and, you know, feel their best. And I used to do seminars 12 hours a day on Saturday and Sunday. It was to sell the skincare, but the purpose of it really, I did goal setting and, um, you know, making lists of things to do and accomplishments and how to create a life that you would love and enjoy rather than just living through your circumstances. And I did these seminars for so many years and it helped so many women evolve into their true self-expressed accomplished selves. And then to add to that, they want to look their best. So it was kind of like just always an inner and outer beauty thing that it was just always 
driven. I've never been the girl that was jealous that someone was prettier or thinner or taller or richer. I'm like rooting them on all That's the time. because yeah. they don't exist. <laughs> well, you would be a hard one to top. Well, yeah. and I think that that's just, you know, women supporting women and you recognizing that very early on and, and throughout yeah, and your whole know, career. It's not even a choice. It's just mm-hmm. kind of my thing. Yeah. That's like what we're supposed to do. Like yes. it's the right thing to do. And, and it makes you feel good when someone comes and says, my God, you know, I went to your seminars for years and I've built this empire now and I'm writing books now and I've got a radio show and, and I'm making money. And I learned all the fundamentals of that by going to your seminars years back and stuff selling your skincare line. Because when you go out and sell a skincare line, if you can learn the skill set of selling that, you can put it towards anything. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Well, I am a huge fan of your products. I, my, my new favorite is the intensive renewal. The, um, that one's becoming one of my, I think that might be now. I, I love that one. And the it's under really eye cream is also one of my favorites. Well, actually, under eye cream is probably, other than the, the sudden youth mask, that may be the number one seller. But the renewal is picking up steam because as people try it, I've noticed the reorders. And if you mm-hmm. put it on sale, I've noticed they'll buy two or three. And that's an indicator. Yes. And you put something at market, sell something, and then they order two or three. You know they're really loving that product. <laughs> Absolutely. And and I will say my all-time, all-time fave item is the face wash. I love it. And I was so touched. You, I did put you on a testimonial or leahblack.com and put a picture because it felt like honey, honey on my skin. And I just, silky honey, love, love that face wash. So gentle. We call it a pearlized facial wash because it really is just silky and your face gets really clean, but it's a healthy clean. Mm -hmm. It's not a harsh clean, you know? So that, that's a staple product that everybody should have. The other thing I do like about my products is they're priced very well and they last a very long time. And even on the eye cream, if no one's ever told you, when you think you're out, you unscrew it and there's still more in the jar. And I like to see people get a lot of value for the money because I know how hard it is to make it. When you spend $20, you're really spending 50 by the time you take into consideration the gas, the taxes, all the things that you went into making that money. Mm-hmm. So I want to see people get a lot for their money. And I'm kind of a bargain shopper myself. You know, I don't, I don't want to pay retail. I want to get a deal, <laughs> you know? And so I like to pass that on. And I think that's part of the success too. People feel like they're getting the product for probably a third of what they would if they walked in even Marcus, you know? Right. Oh, absolutely. And it's very personal. And you do, your team does a great job, personal service. It feels like when I open my box, I feel like you guys know me. It, it really does. I mean, this last order, I had a little extra lip balm in there and because I bought the, the summer. <laughs> I get so excited, Leah. I love That's it. funny that we kind of do know every customer. Oh, yeah. you know, I, <laughs> we're literally blessed and give thanks for every yeah. single order. And if we don't respond to a customer complaint within two hours, it means we're closed and it's the first hour of the next day. You know, we don't, we are on it because the customers are everything. And I treat every one of them like they're my first and my last. And I value every dollar they spend. And there's no question asked if they want to send it back. If they, if, if something was wrong, let me send you two more. Because that is, that is really the foundation of a relationship with a customer, which is the foundation of a long-term business. Yeah. Relationship Absolutely. sales are... Are the ticket for sure. Yes. 
you know, yeah. trans- transactional sales is something that just, especially in this type of product line, it just doesn't work. And yeah. one thing I will, I will say that I have found is the masks have become a huge thing. And I don't know if that's because a lot of the young women do these really cute and whimsical things on Instagram with their masks. And are you finding that's a huge thing now with all categories? It's always been a huge seller for us. And the befores and afters have always been extraordinary. But I think that young people are learning, unlike not like how we did, stay out of the sun in a little bit. And also maintenance is everything. You know, it's like the woman that is 50 pounds overweight. If they would have stopped at that first five, it would have been easy. But then if the, the more you get, the harder it becomes. The same thing with your skin. You start early and you take care of it early. It's going to last you a long time and it's going to look and feel healthier for a very long time. So I think young girls are catching on early. And now, you know, like when we were their age, we didn't have Instagram nope. and social media and all that stuff. We were reading, you know, teen thank magazines. God. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank God. And, Tiger beat. <laughs> yeah. And we didn't have, we didn't have sunscreen. <laughs> I'm so. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm, You're putting olive oil yes. and iodine and laying out the sun with that, with the aluminum. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sitting there like this. Yeah. So I have three girls and I'm constantly yeah. just. Barging it into their head. You've got to wear sunscreen. And now I think it's, it's really sunk in for them. They're That's always the lightest I ones in the pictures. Because no one, I didn't see anyone really promoting CBD sunscreen. I love and it. Sunscreen should just be an alternative to a face moisturizer that mm-hmm. also protects your skin. It shouldn't be a chemical. And most sunscreens are just loaded with chemicals. Absolutely. So that's why we, everything we've developed has come out of my personal selfishness for wanting something for myself <laughs> and hoping everybody else needs it too. <laughs> Usually that's the way it is, right? Those are the best ideas. The ones when we're reading, we need something, so we create it and usually it is. Like I need that sunscreen. Well, I'll just make up some for myself and if people like it, they'll buy it. <laughs> I got a question here that I'm going to ask that um, uh, it's, it's a big one, but before I do that, because I think coming out of like this new decade, a lot of ideas have happened and people have been in their homes and maybe they have a concept, but can't pull the trigger. What would be your words of encouragement for someone who has an idea or a goal and they, they just can't get there? You just have to do it. You have to take one step at a time and do it. Now, if you can't afford to do it, you have to do it responsibly. You have to maintain your day job and ease into it. If you can afford to do it, you have to go for it. But nothing ever happens until you take the first step. And then things start to line up with your commitment. If you're really committed and you have a vision and you have a really strong intent about something, and, and it's a, it's got to be a good thing, you know. I mean, a lot of bad things take off, but they aren't sustainable. But if it's a good thing, the universe will start to kind of accommodate you and line up with your commitment and your vision. And and if you and you have to be looking because things will land on you, and you don't even realize it's an opportunity. You know, it's like I look for the opportunity in everything. I'm like I'm like the thousand dollar owner looking for the guy. You know, I'm like if there's an opportunity in that, I'm gonna find it. And so I found that out. A lot of adversity is opportunity if you look for it. You know, like I I just get one time. Uh, just to give you an example, you know, I, I sold the business. I kind of got in a dispute with the lawyer. I mean, with the other side, because I had sold the business and I wanted out of it because I was doing all the work. <laughs> and, uh, and I just hated the lawyer on the other side. He was just so brutal. But then afterwards, I hired him because I was like, you were so 
so good. I want you in my life. You know, so you kind of have to be willing to look for every little bit of opportunity to take. It can be something so small. I know people that will, for example, they'll just dismiss like someone that will go, oh, that person. Listen, that person could be your next big financier. It could be your next, it could be a lot of things. You cannot judge people by just dismissing them. You have to, I mean, I've learned from the landscapers. I've learned from the guy at the diner. I've learned from a guy, you know, you have to be open to information and learning from everybody because everybody has something that you haven't thought of. And it could be, I mean, literally someone that doesn't even speak your language, but there's something there. And I'm just kind of a magnet for information. I read a lot and I interrogate people a lot. And I love to interrogate people that are successful and people that have failed at things. But you can learn so much from that. And if you're smart, you'll put it to use or you'll tuck it away for when you need it. You know? Amen to that. I agree. Yeah. As someone who's done a few companies myself, I always always try to find the guy. There's always a guy that knows more than I know, you know? Or the yeah, girl. Yeah, of course. You don't want to be the smartest person in the room. Yeah. I want to be like the cheapest real estate on the block and the dumbest person in the room, you know, because I want to elevate myself that way. And I think being smart is... Knowing what you don't know. Everything. Yeah, knowing what you don't know is really, it is, that's everything. Because so many people think they are the smartest person in the room. People like that, you can't contribute anything to because they already know it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know? Well, and also it's not just about business and looking for those opportunities. It's just being an open person and being open to right. learning new things, no matter what. It just makes you constantly, well, I, I think, think it keeps you young, things. you know? Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. So the next question to this is what has been your biggest reinvention so far? <clears throat> well, I think the housewife experience was pretty profound because I, it was not what I expected. <laughs> it was like overwhelmingly shocking every day. And I <laughs> um, had to reinvent your worldview to even intermingle in the, in the whole thing, you know, right. I, you know, just, I've always like, I just like, I say what I mean. I mean, what I say, I don't want to lie. I tell the truth. If I did say something that's not true, I'll retract it. If I don't live up to my commitment, I'll, you know, make it up to you another way and apologize. I mean, I just lived life in a certain way and it works for me. And I always landed on my feet because I always felt like my integrity and my word was more important than anything else. And then you enter this world of where people are fame seekers and all they want is to get the most airtime and the most attention, the most fame. And they'll do and say anything and be as outrageous as they can be if it helps them get there. Well, that was a shock to me because I'd never been around those kind of people. I, I, I hadn't been, I'd never experienced it before. And I would sit back. It's almost like you're just like observing this altered reality. I'm like, did she say that? Did she do that? Is that true? And I just found it, it was just such an eye-opener. It was such a, a lesson in human behavior for me. Mm-hmm. And I took all those lessons with me. Very interesting. You know? Do you think that played, all of that experience played into why you decided not to do the reboot? Or, because I know well, there is a reboot coming, right? A lot of different things. One, mm-hmm. I was in California for, I'd say, more than 70% of the shooting. 
That mm-hmm. was the one thing. Two, had they gone in a direction of a little different direction, it might've intrigued me a little bit, mm-hmm. but more of the same for me. It's like, well, I've kind of done there. I've, I've done, been there and I've kind of done that. And, you know, I, I mean, there's so much time in the day. I mean, what's the repeat, you know? Right. So had it been a different direction, had I been in town at the time, had they approached me differently, uh, then I was, I'm open to it. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's not any of that. It's just like, don't want to spend, you know, six months out of the year in that, you know, bubble. Right. That empowering me really, or doing anything good in the planet other than maybe entertaining some people that can watch entertainment. Somebody else other than me, that's far more funny, interesting. I'll throw bigger tables and pull bigger hair. So, <laughs> right. You know, so it was just kind of, it just didn't feel right at the time. I you know, that. I read all those girls on. I have, listen, I hope they all find their dream and their fame and their fortune and all of it. Mm-hmm. If you're looking to that for fortune, chances are you're not going to find it. Only one or two women have really made any money coming out of those shows. If you're looking mm-hmm. at it for fame and that's that important to you, you'll find it. Mm-hmm. The question is, what kind of fame do you want? Do you want to have a credible... Um, you know, credible fame in the world, or do you want to be one of those crazy people that will do anything for fame? And it's a personal choice, and 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 I don't really even have judgment about it. It's just for me, it it wasn't at the time. It it, it just didn't seem to be like it just wasn't like oh, you know what? That's something I'm going to do right now with my life. And it's not to say it would never do again. It's just that I would. It didn't work out at the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, you're you're a self-made woman and coming into that whole um, adventure for you, so to speak. I mean, you, you'd seen the world, you'd done incre- incredible business stuff. So you're a little bit different than maybe the average. <laughs> gone in the direction of very accomplished people mm-hmm. that were doing good things in the world and fighting it out along the way. Right. And elevating people and fighting it out along the way. I have no problem with the fights and the conflicts and the backstabbing. I mean, you know, that's the world we live in. But just to do more of the same, like a treadmill where you're not really doing or accomplishing or moving forward anything. It's, a you know, if you're in your 20s, that's one thing. But when you're established and you have a family and a business and four dogs and travel and a home <laughs> want to do stuff it's like do I want to spend half of my year tangled up in that and I just came to the conclusion not right now not today but that doesn't mean not forever but just not now Right. Well, it's definitely a sorority that once you're in it, you'll always be associated in some way, some form and be connected to it. Do you keep in touch with any any housewives from any of the franchises? I do. And, you know, I feel blessed because I came out of it unscathed, mm-hmm. as difficult as, as they made it and as hard as they tried to tear me down and, and make up lies and make me the pinata as much as they tried. <laughs> I didn't take the bait because it's just not who I am. And, you know, my husband used to say, you know, Leah, you are the type that, you know, you just harm your energy and you won't take them out. You can't just injure and harm your enemies. You have to take them out. I'm like, you know, I'm not cut from that cloth. I'm not going to do it. I could have exposed so many things and made so many of them look so bad. And, but I, it just would put a knot in my stomach to do it. And I just rather let them get away with it and let someone in catch them and out them. I don't care. Not that. It's not that. Now, looking back, I probably would have 
defended myself a little more. I would have. Right. I would have probably not let them get away with as much. But yeah, you're always associated with it. And I, you know, Joanna has got the heart of gold, the girl on our show. She mm-hmm. rescues dogs. She's a beautiful girl. She works so hard. And those girls were just so jealous of her. Joanna Krupa. Is that? Yeah. yeah. But you know what? If you're willing to get up at four in the morning and do five hours of hair and makeup and then go sit on a beach in the sun or the freezing cold and have your picture taken for four hours and then go to the gym for two hours and work out and only eat fucking pickles. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just bow down to you. I'm like, man, you know? And so I was, I was just always proud of her rooting her on, but they were just so jealous of her. And the same with the dentist. She was so beautiful and she had been Miss Columbia or Miss something. And she was so sweet and they just couldn't bring her down quick enough. And I was like, you know, we're missing the point here. Let's just bring everybody up and then fight along the way doing it, you know? So, but I have maintained a relationship with some of them. And, uh, you know, Christy's always been very good to me. She's a really good family girl, even though we've had our conflicts on the show. And I stay in touch with Sonia Morgan some, you know? Yeah, I saw that. When we were Vanderpump for a while, we kind of distanced life but you know I've been Lisa Ren has been to some of my parties and you know I've been friends with a lot of them and I want them all to do well sometimes I'm embarrassed for them and sometimes I want to go girl did you have to yeah You know, my my husband has a great saying that he always reminds me because I'm I can get feisty. I'm like a light switch. I get feisty and then I'm done. All right, let's go have a drink. He always says to me, Lori, don't wrestle with the pig because you're gonna get dirty. Right? And not to call anyone pigs, but, you know, that analogy. Yeah. Yeah. You try to wrestle, you're going to get dirty, too. And so uh, props to you for not wrestling with the pigs. (laughs) (laughs) And I gave them that they didn't use. They used, uh, I gave them two. They used, uh, I live my life like everything matters because I think it does. And that's true for me. But I also gave them the one that said, people always say I take the high road, but taking the high road is easy. The low road is the gutter. Mm. And really, <laughs> the truth about, about my experience with the show. And so either one of them were true for me. They took the higher uh, pitched one. But, uh, you know, that's kind of how I felt about it. But I listened. Those girls are trying and they're struggling and it's everything to them. And God bless. And, you know, maybe maybe it's going to be the, the big, maybe there may be Meryl Streep next year. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> well, you just cleared up a question I've always had and that is do you they write their own, do you write your own taglines so it sounds like you do write your own taglines um, I don't know about everyone else uh-huh. I Beverly Hills one of the executive producers writes some of a lot of those taglines okay very, very good, at it. Very good. Uh, because Jason and James and everyone will tell you that works my whole the housekeeper everyone I don't like people speaking for me mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. to speak for myself and I don't even like you translating it or spinning it or putting if I say it that way I meant every word of it that way I'm careful about my language you know and I don't want someone speaking for me because I'd rather I have no problem taking the repercussions and all the stuff that goes with it for something I said or that's true if it's a lie or I didn't say it that's when you got me ready to back you you know (laughs) to come at you because I'm not that I don't go for I love that. I, li- I feel the same way. I'm very direct. My friends, someone's like, oh. She makes me pee a little sometimes. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. And, and that's coming from a West Pointer. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, gosh. No, I'm the nicest <laughs> person, but I will say what I think. She will. And 
I'm really direct. And that's what I love about her. Yeah, I'm honest. <laughs> because he's dealt with so many unsavory people over the years. That's his job. But uh, that, you know, someone kind of backstabs him a little bit, like this one guy went on the witness stand one time and told said that my husband should be recused from this case because he had, in a casual um, social comp setting, told my husband information about the case. Well, it really, that wasn't true. What he had told my husband is that there was going to be a case and that, that he was going to sue this girl. That's all he said about it. So my husband's on the case now representing the person that he sued. So he gets on a witness stand and says, you know, that he, my husband needs to be recused from the case because he knew all the details of the case, which was a lie. And the judge, and my husband proved it. And the judge ruled and my husband stayed on the case. Fast forward, we go to an event two or three years later with that big basketball star, Russell Westbrook, maybe is his name, or whatever. One of the yeah. big basketball stars at some dinner we went to. He, this guy's there. He walks to my husband and shakes his hand. And my husband shakes his hand and he goes to my, and the guy goes, well, I hope we have no hard feelings. And my husband said, no, we're fine. And I'm like, no, we're not fine. <laughs> you lied about my husband. You're not our friend and go over there, you know, but I'm just not going to do that. You're not going to get on a witness stand and lie about my husband and then tell me, oh, we're, aren't we good now? It's all good. No, it's not good. You got on the witness stand under oath and made up a lie. So no, we're not good. We're not going to be good. There's a difference in forgiving and just not wanting the person in your life. And that's, that's where I am. I, I, don't, I can forgive you or not forgive you. That's not the point. The point is, do I want you and your energy in my life? No. I know. You're a liar. That's just one story. I think you give you more. <laughs> You know what, Lee, one, one of the things that I, I love to uh, say over the years when I have conflict in it, and it's so, the, the integrity part is so blatantly, obviously off. Right. I say, you know what, we're, we're going to have a little bit of one-way communication, and that's me telling you exactly the way it is. And when yeah. you say that to somebody, they just, you know, yeah, exactly. Know that you're right. You know, they know that what you have to say has value and it puts them on of like, you know, and, and they don't know what to do with it because they're not used to that. They're used to superficial people going, oh, give me a hug. Is that like wonderful? Yeah, it might be depending on how we interact with each other and it might not be, you know, so people aren't used to it. So I'm sure they become very uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. Yep. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Lunch with Leah, your podcast. Are you having fun doing that? Oh, some days I have fun with it. Some days I don't, you know, big mouth. I talk about anything and everything and everybody, but you know, James is the one that keeps motivated to do it because he's enthusiastic about it and they like it and they think it's good for business. And so they keep me motivated to do it. Do I like it? I like, I do like having a place to give your opinion, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and in this case, it's me saying everything and they don't get to say it. Yeah. <laughs> I do that every week for an hour. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> you sit there and listen. So I do. I like it. I think, uh, I, I don't know. I've always thought I was better suited for radio than television. So <laughs> that podcast is kind of a diversion from TV. Well, it's, it, kind of, it's kind of a blend of both. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of fills it, that void, right? Yeah. Well, we, one of the stories that we loved was your last podcast about Aretha. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. That. Until I saw her documentary, I mean, the show with the, what's her name, Jennifer Hudson. I had totally forgotten about that whole thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's, so one of the things that I had said to Lisa, I go, you know, I've, I've done, I'm listening to all her, you know, you've got the sound bites, little portions of your, your podcast or interviews with Jeff Lewis, et cetera. And I, and I said, her phone is like a museum. It's like, I, I just want to jump inside the phone. The, the, the people that you have gotten to know through what you've been doing and the relationship you had. And, and, you know, it's so funny, even though it, you had that with Cohen that, I, I forget what it was called. Red Carpets and Lies. It was for your book, but with, with, book. with Sonia Morgan and what's true and what's not true. And it kept coming back to your phone. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's funny. I forgot that too. You know, it's funny. I, I just do these crazy, amazing things. And like, like I said, I don't take them in enough, you know, like I don't value them enough at the time. I was so concerned about getting her on that stage and having her perform and the guests being happy and staying on time that I didn't really take in as much of who she is as I wish I would have. And then later when we cultivated the relationship, I still, I'm so stupid. Like she'll say, she said, come to DC and stay at Adrian's house with me and let's go to this big event together and I'm going to perform. And she lists all these people that are going to be there. And I'm just like, oh, that would have been so much fun. Thanks for thinking of me. And like, duh, why didn't I just say, yeah. It's Aretha Franklin, Leah. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm saying about myself. I'm always so focused on the, you know, just, I don't know. I'm I'm just stupid that way. And I missed a lot of opportunities that way. Well, maybe, but I don't see it as stupid. I just, I think that that shows you're very genuine. You're not. You're but, unaffected. You're, you're you're unaffected in a good way in that she's someone you value as a friend. And, and whether yeah. you're with, when you're with her, you're with her. It doesn't matter about being seen or seeing people, right? Like really huge, super power people's homes, obviously by myself in the kitchen talking to the staff, you know, or the, the stylist or somebody, you know, I don't know. I'm, you're right. I don't get affected by it because I think, you know, everyone has their own, whatever it is, but at the end of the day, it's who you are at your core that really matters. Right. And you know, a lot of these people are just amazing at their core, but everyone's glamming onto them and pulling and wanting something. And I, I don't want to be that person, you know? So I'm just like, I'm here. I'm here. If you need me. You know, I tell, I tell my sons because they're car kids and, and I said, and they're a little bit on that, you know, Gen Z trail of follow the money. And I always say, you chase the dollar, you're not going to catch it. But I tell him, I said, you know, it's really great when someone drives up in a Lamborghini and you're like, wow, that's a sweet car. And wow. And, and then they got to get out of the car. And when they get out of the car, if they're still pointing to the car and they aren't adding anything else, I'm done. I don't care about your car anymore, buddy. You're an asshole. Like, that's it. <laughs> Your identity is wrapped up in that car. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes. If you can, and, and, met, and that's metaphorically speaking. But, you know, those people that it's like they if you can't add value and conversation and gravitas to then I'm done. You're an mm-hmm. asshole. And I, I, I'm happy you're driving the car. <laughs> and it's too much about your being seen and who you are and all of that. Yeah. I don't, I don't like that either. It's a turn off to me. I, I prefer the genuine people, you know? Yeah. Okay. Um, I have to know wrapping up on your podcast, you love talking pop culture and celebrity news Two two topics. We'd love to know your thoughts on since she's a Miami girl, JLo and Ben. All right. What are yeah. your thoughts on Benifer back together? Will it well, last? You know, I'm going to say this. Jennifer's the Elizabeth Taylor that had the seven husbands. You know, I'll get, but I will tell you, I don't think there's anyone her age that is in more perfect shape. I hate she, her. 
herself better than her. She is simply drop dead gorgeous in every way. She really is. And I mean, I look at her and I'm like, oh my God, what did you have to do? She had to probably work out five hours a day and eat celery. And, but she worked so hard. When I saw her at the Super Bowl climbing up on that damn thing and doing that pole thing, I'm like, are you kidding me? So I have nothing but genuine admiration and respect for her as far as Ben and her go. You know, it's funny with those relationships. You never know if it's a, a it's just a fun fling and they're getting a lot of press or if it's really real. You just really don't know. Now I knew Alex very well. I didn't represent it for a while. And I knew when she was with him, you know, uh, I, I never really thought that was going to gonna go forever. I didn't mm-hmm. think it was because I, I know him personally with Ben. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. An Oscar winner. <laughs> you know, yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. I think, you know, just what you said is we look at J-Lo and, and at the Met Gala. I mean, God, talk about like your jaw just drops with the courageous, the, her fashion, right? But she's a smart friggin' woman. And I think what draws her and Ben together is they're two very, very smart people that have learned to do what they do very well. Mm-hmm. She works. Let me tell you that. Girl. Now, the deal breaker for me with Ben is that he smokes cigarettes. Mm-hmm. So... That would be the deal breaker for me with him if I'm her because right. she's the epitome of health and beauty and he's got those nasty cigarettes hanging around. <laughs> but, you know, that's my official self. You see how quick I go back into being superficial? But I hope it's for real. Listen, I hope they have a happy ending. Yeah. Okay. Hot topic. I've heard you talk about this on a number of shows. Erica Girardi, you feel she did or didn't know about what Tom was doing with the money. And this is Beverly Hills Housewife for the listeners who don't watch Beverly Hills Housewives. About her is that I think she puts up this cold persona because she's very sensitive. Mm-hmm. And I think that she was with this guy for 20 something years and he was the big smart businessman and lawyer and she was a trophy wife that could sing and dance and had some talent and some beauty and she was just living the life and she just let him be his dogmatic I know it all self and that more likely than not she signed whatever he put in front of her and no questions asked why would she cut off the gravy train and then when things started coming out and her whole world collapsed, at that point, what did she know? And how much did she know? I don't really know. But by then it was too late. Mm-hmm. But to hold her accountable for all of his misdeeds, when the lawyers in the law firm never raised their hand and said, we have a problem here. The Chamber of Commerce never said, where's that money you're donating? All the charities took the money. Uh, the, the city of Los Angeles lavished towards on him constantly. He was on, he was considered an expert in every realm of civil litigation. Uh, you know, where were all these people then? So to hold her solely responsible, I just don't think is fair. So that's part of it. And then the bullying that she gets. I just don't think you can expect a model singer actress that has no background in law or accounting or anything else to be held accountable or know everything that went down. Did she take money from it? Yes. But you know what? If my husband said, hey, we had a really good year, I'm going to give you a million dollars so you can help build your business. I'm like, honey, how fast can you deposit it? Well, I don't think she knew that all of this. Was, I don't think anyone knew that all of this was going on. No. I, I, 
Think about this. She was the most important trophy that he had. He had a lot of awards and trophies. She was the most important trophy that he had. So the last person that he would want to know that he was a fraud, a con, and a scammer would be her. So of all the people that he tried to keep it from, it would be her. But people cannot wrap their heads around the distinction between her and the victims. What she knew and what she has has nothing to do with what the victims went through and what they deserve. I mean, they deserve restitution. They deserve extra restitution for what they've been through. They deserve their stories to be heard. They deserve the best life ever for what they've been through. But why is everyone making her this scarlet letter? You know, hanging it all on her head. I, I just, there's 17, there's 27 lawyers in my husband's law firm. If they don't know something, how would I know? I'm not a lawyer. And even if I was, I wouldn't scrutinize. Oh my God, let me read everything. No, no. <laughs> Carter's <laughs> think she's getting a bad rap. Yeah, because she's an easy target, right? I mean, yeah, but she also could show a little more remorse. I was going to say I that. Think that's her Achilles' heel. I think she's got this guard up, and she's so protected by, and she feels so wronged and so betrayed by everybody that she's just not going to let it down. And where she really has not shown a better side of herself is to say. And she has said it and she has acknowledged about the victims, but I think she could show a little more sensitivity to, towards them and it might go a long way. But people have already made up their opinions about her. And she's probably like, you know what? You've been dragging me and beating me up and talking trash about me. F you. And, and I can see that side of it too. At some point you're like, you know what, what else can I do? What do you want from me? Yeah. So, well said. Uh, yeah. All right, Leah, what is next on your bucket list? You have done so much in your incredible life. What what is what do you look forward to next? Yes, getting my son to graduate college, making sure everybody in my family is super healthy and, you know, making people aware of how important their vote is. I work a lot now on that because. I mean, look, it's what happened with the Supreme Court with the women in Texas. I mean, all these votes, every last one of them really counts. And the old Republican Party that we knew is not there anymore. So we have to purge our society of those people that are not wanting to wear a mask and not wanting to get a vaccine and not wanting to, you know, do anything other than what's in their own self-interest. And that's a bothersome for me because when you have a 20-year-old kid, you think about, well, how is the, is the earth going to burn up before he's 40? I mean, there are people that deny climate change right now. They're still saying there's no climate change. What are you talking about? What do you, what do you mean there's no climate change? So that, that is my next most important thing that I, I think I have to use my voice for because if we don't do something with the climate change and get rid of the COVID and take care of the people living on the streets, I mean, what, if, what is the point of living? You can't wear your diamonds anywhere because no, there's always going to stand on them. <laughs> <laughs> Throw acts at you. You can't enjoy what you have or enjoy your life if other people are suffering so much. So um, that's where I spend my energy mostly these days. I love it. I love it. All right. We're going to end. We end every show on what's called Lowe's Lightning Round. So I'm going to put you in the hot seat. Oh, look at your little Aww. pup. In my lap the whole time. <laughs> what is, what's his name? Baby. 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 I'm going to put you in the hot seat and I, we're going to give, these are blind questions. Even Lisa doesn't know what batshit crazy I'm going to ask. And yeah. we're going to give people a look at 
Leah Black that they wouldn't otherwise have. But before we do that, Lisa. Oh, yeah. I always like to ask our guests, what does she's a 10 mean to you? She's a 10 means that you're at the top of your game at whatever your game is. Love it. Love it. Okay. okay. You ready? Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have so much fun with this. I can tell. I can tell. Okay. Lowe's lightning round. Here we go. I even got, I even got this for you. Can you hear that? She has her sound effects. And I'm a total geek, actually. Okay. (laughs) It was a a thunder geek. It was was a thunder. Okay. This one's easy. This is a soft toss. Signature dance move. Oh, you know, I was a dancer with uh, Fred Astaire for years, so I know them all. Oh, shit. (laughs) You know what? What haven't you done? (laughs) Next up, boiling the ocean? What? My jobs. I'm going to three jobs. I was dancing for Fred Astaire. Oh, my goodness. Okay, that's a whole nother podcast. Okay. Do you have any wild superstitions? Uh, I think my superstition is that if I let myself think bad, scary, negative uh, things that they might happen. So I try to let my mind go there. Okay, fair enough. If you could have starred in any movie role, what would have been? Oh my gosh, girl. Let me. Uh, I don't know. I liked the uh, one where, uh, what's her name? Sally was the head of the union. That was a oh, good Sally one. Field. That was a good one. I liked the Aaron, Aaron uh, Bogdanovich one was a good one going out trying to get those victims. It'd be something that had a cause behind it for sure. I love that. I'm not going to now admit which one movie came to mind for me. Yeah, I, I think mine was Dirty Dancing. I don't even, I don't know. Mine was Pretty Woman. How pathetic. I, I don't know. Mine would be something with a, a really hot co-star that I got to kiss a lot. Something like Brad. Yeah. Promise me this. If you do go back and do the remake of the Sally Field movie and you win your Oscar, if you say they love me, they really love me. <laughs> you, 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 I will be DMing you on Instagram all day long. That is cringy. Yeah. Okay. If you could sit next to anyone on an airplane, who would you choose? Oh my God. That's a very good question. I might want to set, uh, sit next to maybe the head of the uh, World Food Organization. Oh my maybe. goodness. I love that. To figure out how we home and feed the universe. Wow. That's why we have ours again. I'm going to walk away. So like Mm -hmm. I need to do some shit. Okay. Final one. And I I have a feeling the answer is emphatically yes. Would you do well in a zombie apocalypse? (laughs) Me in a zombie apocalypse? I think you survive five minutes. I go, you're hungry. Eat my hand. <laughs> I don't think you would, though. Survive. I'm not good at anything dirty and gooey. No. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? I I'm kind of walking away with this interview where it, if I had someone that I was going in a battle to charge a hill, and you told me what hill to charge, I I would follow it. Like I'm like, yeah. if Leah says it's that hill, I'm taking it. Yeah. I'm t- well, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't talk my way up, but I wouldn't fight my way up. Gotcha. Okay. So <laughs> we normally end on song yes. and we're, go- we're not going to ask you to sing because James called me and he said, that's, no, it's not going to happen. But we're going to, I'm going to end on a song that is, I think, really apropos to you. 
And then we want to find we want we want to tell everyone in the universe yes. how to get a hold of all of your d- different things. Okay. Let's hear you hear it, girls. You know, I'm right. trying to I'm judge you. What did you say? <laughs> what? I'm a trained vocalist, so I'm going to judge you. Oh, well, that's not good. That's why I thought you were going to hit this out of the park. You know, this all started actually. Our first guest was Kelly Imberg. I don't. You remember her? One of the first supermodels, a, a delightful woman, good friend of ours. And we said, Kelly, come on. And she does this thing because, you know, she was with Rod Stewart for eight years. And, yeah, I know she is now. And, and I love them too. Oh, yeah. And, well, she sang backup for him and their daughter together. They, they do, She's a singer. So they do, it's like carpool karaoke all the time. It's adorable. She puts it on Instagram. And so I told her that we wanted to do it. And then it just, every Every segment it's been, we've been doing chair karaoke. Podcast karaoke. Podcast karaoke. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to tee this song up. You don't have to sing. I might sing to it because I think it's it's pretty badass. Do you have the words? No. No. We don't need words. You, you guys. Okay. And then she can just she tell us. She does this to me all the time, she Leah. She tell us. She, she, throws, she throws me. Oh. Can you hear it? Yeah. Bad Mamma Jamma. Leah Black is... A bad mamma jamma. A bad mamma jamma. Okay, where can people find you, Leah? I know leahblack.com. Right? Hi, I'm on Instagram, leahblackmimey on Twitter, leahblack.com. Leah Black official on YouTube. Lunch with Leah podcast on Wednesdays or on any place you get your podcast. Or you just come and visit us in Miami and catch COVID where everybody is. <laughs> oh my gosh, that sounds so fun. I want to come see those paintings behind you live. Our listeners can see this. I'm going to probably post a picture. They're gorgeous. They're gorgeous. And you're gorgeous. And we so appreciate your time. Yes. I literally, like, you are. A lot more than I even thought. And I and I did my research. And so um, I can't wait to take on the world next, babe. You're going to do it. I mean, listen, if you can make it to West Point in the 90s, you can do anything. And this one, too. And thank, thank you for having the skincare. I appreciate that more oh. than you. Okay. Thank you, Leah. Thank Have a great rest so of the day. Much. All right. Bye, girls. Bye. Bye. Follow us on Instagram at she's a 10 times five. Click on the link in our bio to listen. You can also find us on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to hit subscribe.